0: I'm Julie Sabatier, and this is Rendered.
1: Warning! Do not read this book straight through from beginning to end. These pages contain many different adventures that you may have. From time to time as you read along, you will be asked to make a choice. Your choice may lead to success or disaster.
0: If, like me, you're a child of the 80s, that warning probably sounds familiar. I had so much fun working on this episode and revisiting a nerdy, guilty pleasure from my childhood— I can't wait for you to hear the story all about the past, present, and future of Choose Your Own Adventure books. But first, you have a choice to make. After you listen to this episode, you can hear an extended version of my interview with Edward Packard, who wrote the very first Choose Your Own Adventure book. But only if you choose to become a member of Maximum Fun. Maximum Fun, of course, is our podcast network that we became a part of uh, in September, and I've invited Maximum Fun founder and Bullseye host Jesse Thorne here to talk a little bit more about it. Hi, Jesse.
2: Hey, Julie. How's it going?
0: Pretty good. Thanks for coming on the show.
2: I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited about this Choose Your Own Adventure uh, episode because I had a stack of Choose Your Own Adventure stories. Uh I feel like it is a perfect theme for this Pledge Drive episode because this is the time when your listeners, and I know you have so many people who love this show and love you, have a choice before them. You know, go, if you choose to support Rendered, go to MaximumFund.org slash donate. If you choose not to support Rendered, close the book. You died in a fiery pit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not really. We have asked our listeners to support us in many different ways in the past through crowdfunding campaigns um, and direct donations and this is the newest and bestest way to support Rendered and that is through Maximum Fund. So you become a member of Maximum Fund, You choose the level that you want uh, to give a monthly donation. Maybe it's $5 a month, $10 a month, $20 a month. It goes up from there. You can check it all out at the website maximumfundorg slash donate. You choose which shows you want that money to go to so you can make that uh, if Rendered is the only show you listen to on the network, then your money goes to Rendered. If you choose Rendered and some of the other great shows on the network, um, like Bullseye or Judge John Hodgman, Lady to Lady, some of our other favorites, then your money gets split up among all those different shows. So it's a way to support uh, multiple shows in one donation.
2: It's sort of like a cooperative. I mean, here's the deal. I started Maximum Fun because I wanted to do a show that I thought made the world a better place and I didn't want To have to rely on advertising to do it. Uh, Ultimately, I want to be responsible to my audience and not responsible to an advertiser. And I know you feel the same way, Julie. Absolutely. And the relationship between a podcaster and uh, her audience is a really special one. And this is a way that the folks out there who love this show and love the work that you do, Julie, can say, you know, this is something that's worth supporting. Um, You know, this is something that's worth paying for. And In doing so, they can get cool, free stuff.
0: So at the $5 a month level, you get access to bonus content. Um, I mean, we mentioned before that includes our uh, extended interview with Edward Packard, the writer of the very first Choose Your Own Adventure book, um, who you will hear in this episode. He's delightful. And then, you know, it goes up from there. The $10 a month level, you can get the excellent uh, Maximum Fun tote bag. Who doesn't need another tote bag? And uh, and then at the $20 a month level, you've got this in-flight power pack. What's that all about?
2: Okay, so this is something that we've worked very hard on. Our development, uh, our, our donor relations coordinator, Lindsay, and uh, our COO, Teresa, have been busting their butts putting this together. You get this mobile device charger. It's like a super battery for your phone or you know whatever device might need charging on the course of a long trip. Uh, you get this collapsible water bottle, which you're allowed to take on an airplane. Uh, You get special antibacterial wipes so you can clean yourself up, and they're the special kind that you're allowed to take past security. And look, Julie, I'm not a conceited man, but I'm going to take credit for what I think is the real piece de resistance of the in-flight power pack, which is pilot wings.
0: Pilot wings?
2: Pilot wings, yeah, like you get when you uh, go visit the cockpit when you're eight years old. Oh, my
0: God. Or
2: when you go to MaximumFun.org slash donate and support this show and all the shows at MaximumFun.org.
0: That is really awesome. I kind of want that.
2: There's even, you know, there's awesome levels above that. A hundred bucks a month. Every month, one of our hosts will send you a cool thing that they have chosen, um, like a book or a CD or something like that. And $200 a month, you get to go to MaxFunCon for free in a reserve slot. It's our annual conference uh, convocation that sells out in like a week or two every year but that's in part because we have reserved slots for folks who really want to get behind their favorite shows so whatever level you can afford and and if you've got a job you can afford one of these levels uh is the perfect level to support rendered and support all the shows at maximumfund.org just go to maximumfund.org slash donate but i don't want it look I don't want to keep everybody from this awesome Choose Your Own Adventure
1: story, Julie.
0: No, no, we don't. Let's get into it then. All right, on with the show.
1: Roll tape. The stories had to have a sense of real danger that, you know, these were risky choices you were making because it was an adventure book.
0: That's Doug Wilhelm. He wrote eight books in the original Choose Your Own Adventure series. And I realized that there may be people out there who don't actually know what I'm talking about. So let me break it down. If you want to skip this part, just fast forward about 15 seconds. You see what I did there? That is basically what Choose Your Own Adventure is all about. The books were written in the second person. So you, the reader, were the protagonist, and the book would start with, you are a mountain climber, or you are a deep sea explorer, or something like that. And a few pages into the story, you would be presented with a choice. Like, if you try to hitch a ride on a whale, turn to page 5. If you decide to try to escape, turn to page 14.
1: And the choice always had to be hard. It couldn't be a, a choice where it was obvious that one of them would be bad, because that was no fun.
0: It feels weird to explain, because it's a concept that's become so ubiquitous in our culture. But in the late 70s and early 80s, interactive media was still a very new concept. I mean, this was considered cutting-edge technology. Why) <coughs> I remember Choose Your Own Adventure books as something fun that I would read when I was probably supposed to be reading something else. And I always ended up holding my fingers between the pages so that I could go back and retrace my steps if I made the wrong choice and ended up dead. There was a lot of death in Choose Your Own Adventure books.
3: It's now recording, and I'm ready for you to ask questions.
0: Edward Packard is the author of the very first Choose Your Own Adventure book. It started as a bedtime story that he made up for his two daughters.
3: I had a character named Pete, and Pete got shipwrecked on a beach.
0: The spark that started a whole new innovative style of storytelling started out more like writer's block.
3: I couldn't think of what should happen next. So I asked, what, what do you think Pete should do? What do you think would happen? might not happen next? And so uh, they had different answers.
0: He was working as a lawyer commuting by train from Connecticut to New York. He started working out the story, replacing Pete with You, and creating plot lines that branched off in different directions towards dozens of different endings, from rescue to certain death. He called it The Adventures of You on Sugarcane Island. How many train rides do you estimate it took for you to write it? Ten, maybe 10 train rides. It turns out, writing the book was the easy part. Publishers rejected Sugarcane Island over and over again.
3: I remember one reason that was given for rejection was that it was more of a game than a book, said the editor.
0: On a weekend ski trip to Vermont, Edward read an article in a local magazine about a small press that was looking for innovative children's books.
3: And I thought, well, my book is innovative, so that's why
1: I I got it out of the drawer and sent it to them.
0: Ray Montgomery at Vermont Crossroads Press knew a good thing when he saw it.
1: He was, a, he was a combination of an, of an entrepreneur, or almost a hustler, really. He, he knew how to uh, find a project that could make some money, in, and he did well. And a very creative, intellectual person.
0: Ray Montgomery passed away in November of last year. He left behind a great legacy. After he put out The Adventures of You on Sugarcane Island, he took the idea for a series to a big-name publisher, Bantam Books, and Choose Your Own Adventure was born. The first official book in the series was Edward Packard's Cave of Time, followed by Journey Under the Sea. That one was written by Ray Montgomery. That's where you, you know, you go search for the lost city of Atlantis. Right? And you have to decide if you want if you want gills or not. Yes. <laughs> Shannon Gilligan met and married Ray Montgomery in the early 80s when the series was really gaining momentum. What do you remember about kind of those early days of choose your own adventure?
4: Hard work. <laughs> Very busy, you know. It's great to grab the tiger's tail, but when you do, you go where the tiger goes, you know. So um, it was it was busy years. Um, lots of writing and editing, and and um, but lots of fun. By
0: 1983, Bantam had started releasing a new Choose Your Own Adventure book every month. And the pace continued like that for more than a decade. Ray and Edward wrote dozens of books for the series. But once it really took off, they couldn't keep up with the demand. Shannon wrote a few, and they hired other writers also.
1: My Choose Your Own Adventure books say by Doug Wilhelm. That's what they say.
0: And I didn't realize this, but apparently it was unusual for a young adult series to give credit to individual writers.
1: Like, I had a friend who wrote for the Babysitter's Club, and uh, she never got her name on the books. Um, she was thanked in the opening pages as if she'd been a help, and in fact, she had written the books. Um, and uh, I hope I don't get sued for saying that.
0: Doug went on to write other books for young adults, and he says having his name on a best-selling series made a huge difference for his career. Coming up, whatever happened to that best-selling series? Do kids still read Choose Your Own Adventure books? But first, a few words from Maximum Fun's benevolent overlord, Jesse Thorne.
2: This is the middle of the show, and I don't want to interrupt people's show too much, but I do want to say this. Julie. There is a reason that I asked you to be part of MaximumFun.org. It's because I love the work that you do. I love Rendered. I love Destination DIY. I think it's really special work, and I think you're making the world a better place. I think that the people who are listening to this show agree. This adds something to their life, or else they wouldn't be subscribers. Isn't that right, listener who's listening right now in their headphones? Um, Look, there's only one way that Julie's going to be able to continue to do work like this, and that's if you support it. Um, it's very easy to do. It's fun. You get neat stuff in the mail. But most of all, you're just going to get this feeling that when you listen to this show, you'll know, hey, I'm part of what makes this happen. You know, this is a great thing that exists in the world in substantial part because I chose to support it. So go to maximumfundorg donate. I'm going to hand the reins back to Julie. I'm sorry for interrupting your show.
0: In the heyday of Choose Your Own Adventure, there were all kinds of spin-off series. Choose Your Own Star Wars Adventure, Choose Your Own First Adventure for younger readers, a horror series called Choose Your Own Nightmare, and of course other publishers had started to put out their own game books, as they were called. At the same time, role-playing games like Dungeons & Dragons were big with the nerds. And all kinds of kids were playing text-based interactive computer games like Zork and The Oregon Trail. God, I hated that game. I was always dying of dysentery and having my oxen stolen. Anyway, interactive entertainment was no longer new, and by 1998, interest in the Choose Your Own Adventure series had started to drop off. That's when Bantam, which had since been acquired by and merged with other publishing houses, put out the last book in the series, number 184, titled Mayday, by Edward Packard and his daughter Andrea. Somewhere in there, Ray Montgomery and Edward Packard had a falling out. When I asked her about it, Shannon downplayed it. Oh, you know, um, they were never partners at all. I mean, it was just, Ed was a friend. And I think that um, what I liken it to is it's more like a band that breaks up, you know, like after a while. You know, it's just like you go in different directions. Edward Packard gave the disagreement a bit more weight, but he clearly didn't want to talk about it.
3: I really would prefer not to discuss it.
0: Okay, well, you you had some kind of, disagreement, I guess.
3: It, it, we, had a, we had a very sharp disagreement, yes.
0: Well, I, I guess I'm just trying to understand if it was a creative difference or if it was more of a personal matter. Um.
3: I, I, I appreciate your questions because I admire uh, good journalism and aggressive journalism and trying to root out interesting facts, but I, I really prefer not to discuss it.
0: Whatever the source of the tension was, the two of them chose different paths when it came to the afterlife of the series. Eventually, the rights for their books reverted back to each of them. And once Bantam allowed the trademark on Choose Your Own Adventure to lapse, Ray and Shannon registered it. They started a company called ChooseCo to put out new editions of Ray's titles and books by some of the other writers. One of the reasons we were so interested in republishing is that we were um, privy to some data that nobody else really could get. And that was all the people coming up to us saying, I love those books. Um, Where are they? You know, I want those books for my kids or I want to give them to my niece and nephew or things like that. Edward adapted some of his titles for YouVentures, a series of apps and eBooks published by Simon and Schuster.
3: If I wanted to re-release any of my books or adaptations of them, I had to use a different trademark and... uh, of course, choose your own adventure is extremely well known, but uh, you ventures—who's ever heard of that? The irony is that uh, I worked very hard uh, revising and expanding and adapting these the books, and uh, I think they're the best quality I've I have achieved in my writing uh, of these kinds of books. But the, they they haven't really sold very well.
0: In preparation for this show, I checked out both the updated Choose Your Own Adventure books from Choose Co. and Ventures. I had so much fun revisiting The Abominable Snowman and searching for the lost jewels of Nibuti, fingers firmly in place between the pages. Let's see. If you agree to take the journey, turn to page 51. If you decide that you are not prepared to change your life forever, turn to page 63. Oh, I'm going to take that journey. Let's see here. 51. Miraculously, the Yeti reaches out and grabs you, saving you just in time from certain death. He carries you back to your tent, puts you down gently and slips off into the night. I did not die. That is excellent. I also stayed up way too late reading the Uvengers version of the Forbidden Castle. You don't know what happens next because you crack your skull on a rock as you hit the ground. Cool oh, shit. All right, back to page eight. So I can just, oh, okay, I can just do that. It was super fun and surprisingly easy to find my way back to make another choice once I hit a dead end. There's obviously a huge nostalgia factor here for Choose Co. and YouVentures.
4: Oh, and this guy. Hi there, it's me, Neil Patrick Harris, actor, singer, licensed taxidermist. I'm here to ask one simple question. Have you ever wanted to be me? Well, I am me, and let me tell you, it's not cheap. And now I'm happy to announce that you too can be me when you read my book, Neil Patrick Harris, Choose Your Own Autobiography.
0: If you want to believe that I was able to convince Neil Patrick Harris's PR team that he should come on this show, just skip ahead about 10 seconds. I want you to know that I did put in a request, and I called them back again and again. What you just heard is from the YouTube video that he made to promote his book. It came out last year, and it clearly illustrates the lasting effects of the Choose Your Own Adventure series. Even people too famous to come unrendered are not immune. All of this got me wondering, do kids still read these books? I asked Kathy Camper. She's a youth services outreach worker from Multnomah County Library here in Portland.
1: Yeah, they do. I mean, it's a little different than when they came out in the 70s um, because obviously it's not new, but they're still finding them and we still have them in the catalog because they're interactive and like a game. A lot of times kids that, that are struggling readers will jump in and try it because they can set their own limits.
0: Kathy says that interactive books in general are still a big thing with kids, especially in that 10 to 14 age range, which is who the original Choose Your Own Adventure series was reaching.
1: The big one is Jason Shiga's book Meanwhile, which came out in 2010. He kind of revitalized the series, but he did something different by making it a graphic novel. Meanwhile
0: follows the adventures of a boy named Jimmy, and the first choice is on page one. Should he get chocolate or vanilla ice cream? And, true to form, many of the choices eventually lead to death and destruction. Ten-year-old Solveig Van Ost is a fan. Apparently, according to this book, if you choose chocolate ice cream, you
3: could basically kill every single person in the world.
0: I was not surprised at all to learn that cartoonist Jason Shiga was really into Choose Your Own Adventure books when he was about
4: her age. The library near my house had uh, one of those spinner racks that was just uh, filled with uh, choose-your-own-adventure books. And I just read every single one of them. I remember as a kid, it was super important to me because uh, as a kid, you don't get to make a lot of choices. Whereas I think, I feel as an adult, you have too many choices to make.
0: He told me his favorite book in the series was one called Inside UFO 5440. That's what Edward Packard wrote in 1982.
4: It was a sci-fi type story. Uh, you're a kid looking for this planet called Ultima. And I remember it was very difficult to find, no matter what choices I made.
3: The trouble is that no matter what choices you make, you can't get there. There's no page direction leading to it.
4: And it was frustrating because I remember flipping through the book, you'd uh, eventually come across uh, one of these illustrations of Ultima. And eventually... I got so frustrated, I decided, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to just flip through the book until I find one of these illustrations and then start reading there.
3: Doing that violates the directions given in the famous warning page. Warning. That began every uh, Choose Your Own Adventure book.
4: And when I turned to that page, I remember the paragraph began.
3: You did not make a choice or follow any directions, but now, somehow... You are descending from space, approaching a great glistening sphere. It is Ultima, the planet of paradise.
4: You had to think outside the box just to find the planet. And I remember as a kid, that just blew my mind. There's a reference to Ultima
0: in Jason's book, Meanwhile. And no, you can't get there by following the rules.
4: I wanted to reward the children who disobeyed the initial instructions.
0: Ray Montgomery and Edward Packard clearly agreed on at least one thing in recent years. They both blurbed Meanwhile. Ray called it a wallop of a good book, and Edward described it as ingenious. Like his heroes before him, Jason struggled to find a publisher.
4: So for about 10 years, I ended up self-publishing that book as a mini-comic. He estimates he sold about a thousand painstakingly
0: handmade copies of Meanwhile before a publisher finally picked it up. Luckily, they let him keep in all that death and destruction.
4: You know, death is a part of life. You make the wrong decision and suddenly you're drowning or there's dinosaurs chasing you. You know, that's, that's what I learned from all those Choose Your Own Adventure books.
0: I think it's safe to say that we all learned a lot from those books. That Yeti can be peaceful. That ancient mysteries can be solved. That super smart monkeys could totally destabilize the global economy. And most importantly, that our choices matter. Looking back on, on your life now, are there points when you wish that you had chosen a different adventure, so to speak?
3: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, uh, you could say that at certain points in my life, I turned to the wrong page. And, and I've been a very lucky person, so sometimes even when I turned to the wrong page, things worked out very well. If I should have been in a Choose Your Own Adventure book. I would definitely have been killed several times.
0: Thanks for tuning in to episode two of Rendered. If you like what you've heard, please remember to support us when you become a member of Maximum Fun. And when you do, you'll get access to the extended interview with Edward Packard. And if you have not fallen in love with Edward Packard by now, well, I I just don't know what to say. Our production team includes engineer Brian Kramer, editor Laura Haddon, producer Jamie Cuddy, intern Sasha Peters, and me, Julie Sabatier. We get legal help from Cole Haver, the music in this episode comes from Seth Lorenzi at Two Track Minds and Levi Cecil. Our website is renderedradio.org. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Rendered Radio. And thank you so much to everyone who wrote us an iTunes review this month. Cornelius Swart, Mark Hitz, M.D. Howarth, Noah Irish, Sophie Kaliksta, Kate Sousgad, and Pickles Magoo. We really appreciate it. And thank you all so much for listening.
3: MaximumFun.org.
2: Comedy and culture.
1: Artist owned.
3: Listener supported. The, The microseconds are ticking off. Now I have to slide to unlock. And now I'll push the red button again for done, right?